0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGPN on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com, promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 contest for a chance to win a million dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And while you're at it, make sure to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. We've got all kinds of great things in there, including our podcasts, news, picks, all right in the palm of your hand along with so much more. So make sure to download it. Wherever it is you download apps.
1: Hi-de-ho, Degenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode... 58, and I'm going to go back to the Montreal Expo theme. This is going out to um, five-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glover, two-time Silver Slugger, Tim Wallach, who wore number 58 in his rookie season on the Montreal Expos, and he's one of the guys we used to to watch when we would go as kids to Montreal in the summer vacations and go to Expo games for like two bucks. So yeah, good times. Now I'm going to break uh, my rule. I'm going to let my Co-host, speak briefly because I'm going to draw some here. Uh, co-host, who's a baseball nut, do you know who Tim Wallach is?
0: I, I don't. Although the name does sound vaguely familiar, the the Expos weren't around all that often. I'm going to date myself here. During my uh, my fandom, like during my young fandom, they were, but they were pretty bad. Uh, yes. Because like when they, I mean, like they were about to win the NL East right in '94 when the strike happened. I was four or just about to turn five when they they started the strike. So, uh, and then they, I mean, what did they stop? When when did they move to Washington?
1: I can't remember. It's bad memories of.
0: Yeah. They, they're talking about giving you guys the A's though.
1: It's true. <laughs> yeah. They were you, talk, guys, they were talking you might get for the A's back. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it is nowhere close to where I live, but still, we we did uh, used to go there often on vacation. So, okay, shut up. You're not allowed to talk anymore <laughs> until I introduce you. Now, bringing up bad memories. Um, I haven't introduced myself. I'm Jeff Fox, your host of this here podcast. And if you haven't uh, if you haven't been able to tell yet, I'm extra salty on this episode. I warned everyone on Twitter last night. I'm going to be extra salty because. I'm full of rightful indignation because we got screwed last night by the judges, and we're going to go through that. And I think my co-host is is uh, equally as upset because he got screwed too because he had almost all the same picks as I did, except for the one where I got it right and he got it wrong, of course. But more of that uh, in a moment. So, yeah, some Joe I run the MMA-manifesto.com. No, by MMA. Just the MMA-manifesto.com. You'll find the site. That's my MMA-exclusive site where you got contests, you got fighter salary, earning info, you got – Scud reports, you got fight cards, you got all the stuff you need on there. Um, and I also, obviously, work for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, where I am an editor, a writer, all that stuff, and I'm a host of this podcast here. Um, episode 58, told you that. Tim Walk, I told you that. What else? I'm acting like I have notes, which I do not. We do not plan in advance in this podcast. That's why it's so good. Everything's off the cuff. Uh, if you are listening to us on the SGPN feed, uh, if you can find our exclusive feed, MMA Gambling Podcast, and subscribe to that, that would be appreciated because eventually we're going to be farmed out totally onto that um, that feed only, and we don't want you m- missing this amazing, amazing podcast, which you your week is not complete without uh, twice a week. Um, so enough of me rambling. I think I'm struggling here more than more than usual. Uh, let's, let's let my co-host, um, the host, speak again. Uh, his name is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. What can I tell you about him? Um, let me think, he told me really some, a lot of interesting stuff, he tells me the most interesting stuff off air but, you know, <laughs> um, about his gambling and uh, and uh, other habits but uh, he doesn't let that out of the bag so I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag about that but he is a degen, don't you worry he is a degen uh, he hosts the um, what does he host, Prelim Primer Podcast he hosts the Top Turtle MMA Podcast he associate hosts this, sometimes I even let him take over and drive when I'm on vacation. Um, he writes for me at the MMA-manifesto.com. He writes for com. He writes for a couple of other places that don't pay me any money, so I'm not going to mention anything about them. And he's the baddest purple belt around. He's Daniel, like I said, Gumby Freeland. Hello, Mr. Freeland. Are you indignant like I am? Are you full of right, righteous anger and rage after last night's screwing?
0: I will say I'm more mad. uh, There's like a tier of madness depending on which fights we're talking about. Uh, Yes. And there's like a a full, full spectrum of anger in there. Um, Whereas some I'm really angry about. Some I'm like, eh, I guess I could kind of see that even though I don't like it. Uh, And then there's some that I'm like, "Ah, I I really have no reason to complain.
1: Yeah, it's true that there were, there really probably was only one "quote unquote" robbery. There's one that on there. was
0: undefensible. Yes, completely yes. indefensible in every single oh, way. Oh, listen is to this indefensible.
1: Guy. Whoa, listen, he's ready to roll. I better hurry up and get to the get to the car breakdown. This guy is he's uh, raging. Um, yeah, I uh, know there were some questionable ones, obviously. Um, plus, like two the two people down hates. Um, we're on the winning side of,
0: uh, of both I of, say of I, two of
1: them. When, when, yeah, they're on the winning side of a couple of those questionable questionable decisions. I know, hates a strong word, but I think he hates them.
0: I As someone. I don't think hmm. I hate. No, that's not true. I think I probably hate Greg Hardy. Yes, um, yeah but I don't think I like hate hate any fighters just based on their like personalities. I think maybe maybe Shaw fits in there though because he's he's EPO. That's like that could ruin somebody's career that you're fighting against, and it's really dirty. So like I, I might yeah. hate that, but like the other one we're gonna talk about, I dislike, I find annoying, but I yeah, hate, <laughs> hate's a he's a strong word for anybody that's not Greg Hardy.
1: In my in my former life, I had a co a contractor of mine told one of my coworkers that he, he hates me and the coworker. So that's kind of a hates a strong word, and he said I know. So there you go. <laughs> so not much has changed with me. Uh, I, I am what you see on this podcast. So, all right, before we, um, before we get into this, because I, I don't think I can hold Dan back much more. He's ready. He's ready to uh, unleash the fury here. Let me tell you about WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas Experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Join us, promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. People who did their job properly wouldn't hate me, though. They love me. But people who don't do their job properly, they had a problem with me. So I don't have a problem with that. So, Anyhow, moving on, we're talking about UFC and ESPN, San Hagen versus Dillashaw, UFC, Vegas 32. Uh, There was actually an attendance listed here. It was 51 people there last night, Dan, and I think they all (laughs) – they all were Randy Costa's friends and family, it sounded like, when he,
0: when he, did you hear the roar when he, well, when he came down? I will just say people from Massachusetts tend to be quite loud, so, true. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's maybe not all that surprising.
1: It's true, you used to share uh, your jiu-jitsu videos with me, I remember someone yelling, come on,
0: Dan, the whole
1: time, so that's right. Whoever was recording it would yell, come on, Dan. You yeah, remember that? that?
0: Yeah, I do. I'm pretty sure that was my brother's wife cuz she uh was it? she used to take some and once in a while she would sit in the coach's chair like if I didn't have a coach come. It <laughs> <and> just <laughs> nice. yell. She would just yell the opposite of what the other coach would say. So if he he was like, "Get your leg out of there." She would like Hang on to his leg!
1: <laughs> nice. Well, that's uh, that's better than what? Uh, better than that, um, that Ronda Rousey coach, right? Head move. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Better, than, better than a lot of things here in coaches' corners. A lot of, like, get up, get down, get out of that. Like, general, like, not very helpful stuff. Like what Raya Faber last night said, try to, try to hit her.
0: Yeah, keep uh, hitting fighter, her. He keep hitting her in that. the face. Yeah.
1: He, he said to the <laughs> fighter who we will not mention because Dan will – blow his top until so we better hurry up and get to that fight. It's a little ways down the card. Um, all right. So yeah, 51 people, and like I said, they're all Randy Costa fans. Um, bonus awards: Holly and Pava Pa Pava. Why well, can't I remember P- how to P- say Paiva. Right. It's Paiva. It's like Rocky Piavia Um, Raleigh and Paiva. Um, and Kyler Phillips were fight of the night. There was a lot of options for fight of the night last night. Um. The main event that fight there was a lot um so that that cost was a the cost well,
0: yanez could have won that too yep
1: yeah. yep that was well well earned 50 grand for them and then a um the greek freak adrian uh not no sorry that's that's a joke for a different guy i think um adrian yanez won um he got the 50 grand for performance of the night and darren alkins got 50 grand for his performance um so yeah. Um, oh yeah, Giannis. Th- that is my joke. The Greek freak, Adrian Giannis, Antetokounmpo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cause that's, uh, I remember. Yeah, Giannis. Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo. So so now I hate both of them. I hate Antetokounmpo because he beat the Suns, and now I hate Adrian Yanez because he uh, he beat Randy Costa. So so, so um, we, we're
0: we're a podcast of tangents. So I, I'm going to allow yes. myself to go on one here. You yes. can definitely hate Yanez for. No, I don't hate him. Well, you can, you can dislike him for taking taking a title away from your Phoenix Suns. But yes. I will also say this. How much did you enjoy the video, if you have seen it yet, of him trying to both order, first of all, 50 chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A yeah. and, and trying to somehow coax free Chick-fil-A out for life? I'm winning an NBA Finals. Like, that's the first yes. thing he thought of is, can I – can I parlay this into getting free chicken for life? <laughs> how how many hundreds
1: of millions of dollars does he uh, does he make? No, I've like totally shut down. Uh I didn't think I cared as much. Like 'cause now that I'm older, like I cared I thought I cared more when they lost in ninety three, but I think I do care that they lost because I'm like totally like I ignore all NBA news I see now and I don't watch or listen to it, but I did hear that. So Yeah, he uh, he's
0: he's being pretty funny. I, I'm enjoying yeah. his run with the, the trophies.
1: Yes. Whatever. Why do we have to talk about that, Dan? We
0: want to I, talk said, about I said we're, we're a podcast of that's tangents, true. and I don't want to talk about T.J. Dillashaw <laughs> winning a fight. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, well, I haven't had I, to
0: talk I, about this for two and a half years. That's
1: true. <laughs> All right. Well, how about it's, since we're trying to kill time before we talk about T.J. Dillashaw, let's talk about PropSwap because the Phoenix Suns part of PropSwap, that part of the ad is out now, I see. So I can I can read this ad and not, uh, not feel... Any pain in my heart. So, PropSwap, we are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80 to 1 to win the Super Bowl and have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league. If you think they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80 to one bet before the season and then sell for a big profit after only a couple weeks. That's actually a good idea. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. Prop swap, it's where America buys and sells, sports bets. See, no, I have no affiliation with the Atlanta Falcons, so that does not bother me one bit. Um, T.J. Dillashaw, winning, bothers me because he's, like, I call him a lovable scamp, but he's we can take the lovable part out of that, probably. Um, he's a scamp. I think, believe he's a uh, snake, too, according to um, someone who would know about snakes, Conor McGregor, years ago. Um I believe that was the word, right? That was on uh, The Ultimate Fighter, so I don't know for sure. I believe he called him a snake.
0: Snake in the the grass.
1: Snake in the grass, like Dusty Rhodes used to say. used to call Ric Flair a snake in the grass, I think. Um, So that old snake in the grass, DJ Dillashaw, won a contested decision, a split decision. I hate split decisions. Every time I hear um, Bruce Buffer say a referee uh, one of the judges' names. I know a split decision's coming, and I cringe because you never know what you're going to get with split decisions. Um, anyhow, you want a split decision? Forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-eight, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-seven. So basically, he won three rounds to two, three rounds to two, and someone had Sanhagen winning three rounds to two. I, it's hard to say if I'm biased because I want Sanhagen to win just because I picked him. Plus, I don't. No one likes TJ – I was going to say I don't like TJ Dillashaw, but no one likes TJ Dillashaw. I can't even say his name now. Uh, but I think I had to say he went in three rounds to two. Same with you, Dan.
0: Yeah, I, I had him in real time. Yeah, I haven't gone back and watched it. But I, I watched I, – uh, live I thought he won two, four, and five. Um, yeah, and I actually
1: got one possibly too.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought one was close, but I, I gave yeah. it a deal shot. And and also like I, I usually check myself uh, against like two or three uh Twitter accounts that uh I trust their scoring. Like Sean Sheehan, it- I usually look to see what he says. Yep. Uh there's a guy named the Pod. Guy. Yeah, he- he's he's really good at, at judging yep. fights because he's all about the yes. criteria and stuff. Um yes. there's a guy who goes by fight underscore expert. Uh I believe his real name is Dusty Andrews. Um, and, and like I think his, it might be a
1: she, actually, to tell you the truth. Oh, really? Know. Yeah, well, yeah, if, maybe,
0: maybe so. But yeah. but whoever uh, fight underscore expert is, uh, that person's uh, scorecards are usually right around where the judges' scorecards are. So when I saw a bunch of people, you know, I was, like, leaning Dillashaw after the first, and I was like – then I looked, and pretty much everybody said Dillashaw in the first. And I was like, okay, so, you know, anything yep. I did think about Sanhagen in the first – was an overreaction, but like, I, I think, man, dude, I, I think two, four, and five have got to be his unless you're, you're scoring pressure. And the thing is, is the criteria for judging for those who are not super familiar with it, pressure in controlling where the fight is does not matter unless all of the grappling in all of the striking that you scored is deemed a hundred percent tied. So if, if, if the striking is even just a little bit in somebody's favor, it pressure does not, you know, like, change who's in it, You Pressure is on the back burner. You do not even touch it unless everything is exactly tied. Then you can talk about pressure and control where the fight is. So for me, in, in four and five, that's all that Dillard had going for, right? Like, he, he lost a lot. Like, he just got his, his grappling... Basically nullified, so there was no grappling. And
1: yeah, there wasn't anything. Yeah,
0: all, all of the striking was in in San Hagen's favor, in my opinion, in those rounds. Other work. than
1: other than light leg kicks, like he was yeah. kicking him, but it wasn't kicking him hard. And Dillashaw was snapping his head back with jabs, pretty much every every round, pretty much.
0: Yeah, and and not just jabs, like spinning back fists, he, sitting right. with a couple of hard elbows, like. Yeah, like, he hit him with a bunch of stuff that I think, you know, did legitimate damage. And not that those leg kicks didn't. Like, I, I think, while you say light leg kicks, I, I give him a little more credit on that. I, I think that he did probably, you know, do some damage, actually, with those leg kicks. But not more than Sanhagen did. So, yeah, I, I gave Sanhagen yeah. two, four, and five. And you know what's the funny thing, too, is if you look at, at how the judges scored the fight, yeah, uh, you know, two out of three judges gave him four and five. Yeah. Um. You know, and all, majority, of them them and all, all of them, them they gave him two, and all of them gave him two. So, yeah. so the majority of judges gave him two. The majority of the judges gave him four. The majority of the judges gave him five. Uh, but that's just not how we score fights. Um, no. Instead, we score them totally. And you know, one of those judges who, who gave him five, didn't give him four. One of the judges who gave him four didn't give him five. Um. And yeah, and we have to see this unfortunate T.J. Dillashaw run back to the top now.
1: Yeah, but. Other than the bank account, I would rather be Corey Sandhagen today. Other than TJ Dillashaw, because he got, his I got messed up. Um, Sandhagen pretty much came out of it without a scratch. I'm sure his legs probably are beat up, but he didn't look like he had really any wear wear in his face at all.
0: Yeah, and and that's a, another thing too is like and not that damage is like a like an indicator, right? Because like, like look at. Nate Diaz, the runway, he starts bleeding, <laughs> yeah. or like if you Darren Elkins, yeah. Oh, I mean Darren, yeah, Darren <laughs> Elkins comes into the cage bleeding. So, yeah. uh, yeah, like I, I kind of, I kind of think damage is not a good indicator, but he, I, I mean, like in this case, it did show a lot. You know what I mean? Like it, it did, it was a good indicator of who was actually landing big shots. Because you're right, TJ didn't land anything that was like big upstairs on, on. Corey Sanhagen, you know, like, a couple of things to the body, a couple of things to the legs, and, like, yeah, apart from that, I I, I think I, I'm pretty positive that Corey Sanhagen did more damage.
1: And he never was – I never thought he was in uh, risk of losing at, at any point other than, obviously, via judges, while, on the other hand, Sanhagen had Dillashaw in trouble uh, a few times in, in the fight. So that, I, that's I another thing. I know that mm. –
0: I was a little bit worried that a couple of those times he was going to give up his back in a meaningful way. Yeah. Um, that, 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 That's that, summer. That, yeah. Yeah, he's well, a warming dude, man. Yeah, dude. That was, <laughs> I, I would say that was one of the more impressive pieces because like, yeah, if you go back and look at that Aljamain Sterling fight where he just gets bulldozed, right? And, and he, he's come out and said, like I interviewed him after that fight and he told me, Oh, he that's just, why he lost. Damn it! Yeah, I have not him. Why yeah. he uh. Uh, but, but uh when I talked to him after the Algerine Sterling loss, he, he knocked out yeah. Frankie Edgar after I interviewed him. So so you know nothing. No 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 knocking here. But uh, yeah. he he said that he yeah, just okay. felt he felt flat in that fight with with Sterling, and he felt like he couldn't like his muscles didn't move right. But like this was such a better showing of. Like I'm in a bad position, I need to move. Whereas in the the Sterling fight, it was like I'm in a bad position, and then he just froze. Um, so like this this was a, I mean I think it was technique wise a step forward for Corey Cianagan. Like I, I think he looked better than in most of his fights.
1: Yeah, and on the flip side, uh, things we were worried about, not worried about, hoping because we bet against him. Um, on for Dillashaw, we were hoping he. You know physically would not be the same fighter with all the time off his advanced age uh for abandoned weight and um not being on epl which helps your your cardio and your uh lung capacity and everything um unless he pops for a test uh, anytime soon it looks like he passed basically all those tests with flying colors oh his chin also we were worried about and he pretty much passed all those tests with flying colors he See, he got rocked a few times, but he, he held up fine. Um, Didn't slow down and the fight went on, really. Um, and don't you dare interrupt me. And now I don't remember what I was going to say, Dan. Go ahead. Talk Well, I,
0: I was going to throw a wrench to your third point because your three points were good cardio, good chin, and physically the same fighter. I'm going to challenge the physically of the same fighter. Because okay. g- give, me, give me this. If you saw this TJ Dillashaw, the one who went out there, and had, like, that close split decision loss to to Dominic Cruz and then knocked out Cody Garbrand, would you expect him to go, what did he go, 2 of 15 in takedowns?
1: Yeah, no, that's true.
0: Yeah. Like, he, he looked, and I don't know if that it was a technique issue, yep. but, like, he, uh, you know, two and a half years ago, TJ Dillashaw takes Corey Sanhagen down 8 out of 15 times instead of 2. Um, and I think that was a notable change.
1: Yep, very good point. As usual, Dan comes through with notable points and Always. makes me look like a fool. Hey, I didn't mention how we did with our picks, but let's finish, finish <laughs> breaking this one down. Now that you've showed me up, we're going to show you up. Um, barely show you up, but I will. Um, all right, so I'm looking at, I would run performance-based rankings on MMA-manifesto.com based on who a fighter um basically like 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 performance based not um voting or anything like that so i based on who a fighter beat what that fighter's record was at the time and if they finish them if it was a title fight they get bonus points for stuff like that and more recent the the better fight you get points for their most recent performance and for a uh performance a few years ago that type of thing so anyhow um we still basically have there's basically four guys um near the top and there's there's a huge gap we got aljamein sterling is at the very top but Really, he's he's getting credited for that uh, qualification title win. He's getting a lot of points for that because it was a win in a title fight. Um, and then we got T.J. Dillashaw right in his heels now, uh, even though he's only got what six fights that qualify for this, so he's he's right up there. Then we have a huge gap. Then we're gonna have Peter Yan, who's the uncrowned champ, and then Corey Sanhagen, and then another huge gap, and then Song Yadong, and Rob Font, and then another huge gap, and then you know that's basically how how the rankings play out. Uh, Long way, a uh, long way of me asking you, uh, who, what do you think is next for both these guys?
0: So I would say, I would say this uh, coming at the gates. I think they're going to give TJ Dillashaw a title shot. I, I'm yep. pretty positive that that's what they want to do, um, because th- that's why they booked him in this fight, right? Is that right. like Corey Sandhagen is not the most marketable fighter on the planet. Um, you know, you could have put him against Jose Aldo and let him beat the hell out of Jose Aldo, but they wanted him to be able to prove that he actually deserves a title shot. Um, and I think this is the fight that does it. Now, here's the thing about that, though, is, first of all, Jan and, and Aljo were fighting in October. Who knows what the layoff is after that? Depending on how Jan beats Aljamain, which I kind of, <laughs> I mean, no no offense. I, I love Aljamain's throwing. I'm a yeah, big Aljamain's yeah. throwing fan. I've been a fan of his... As a matter of fact, you can go back and read my my issue of Fight Magazine that I used to write for. Who, who
1: got you me. into there? Fight yeah, Magazine. How, yeah. How'd you write
0: there? I don't know. I got I I got add, I got, must have got recommended by somebody nice. But my first yeah. article there was talking about how, like, Al Sterling was, like, the future. um, And, like, so I've been a big fan of his for a long time. P- Peter Jan is going to kill him. Uh, those yeah. foot sweeps. Well, he sweeps was are, killing him. He, yeah, he, but, he did kill him, basically. Yeah, those foot sweeps are, are ridiculous. But, like if for some reason he goes in there and has, like, a weird back-and-forth fight where, like, Jan wins a split decision, it's not out of the question to put them roll that back a third time. Like, I I know that nobody's going to be, like, crazy on board for it, but I could see them doing Peter Jan versus Aljamain Sterling 3 sometime in March of 2022 or some shit like that. Like, and if that's the case, we're talking about damn near a year off for Dillashaw after having two years off. Like, that, that's a long time for him to be off again. I would say this. It, depending on how that all shakes out and what that looks like, I'd actually like to see him fight Rob Font. I, I think that that's a good fight. It lets us know if Rob Font's the real deal or not, because obviously he's coming off of a very nice win. But, like, you know, like, the caliber of Rob Font's wins, maybe a step behind a Dillashaw or a Corey Sanhagen even. And, like, well, I guess him and Sanhagen have pretty similar ones. But, like, yeah, I'd like to see him fight Rob Vaught. Um As for Sanhagen, man, I think he's in a weird spot with with – he's got wins. If you look at the official UFC rankings, he's got wins over number six and number seven. Um, so, like, he can't fall that far down because he's got right. wins over those guys already. I'm thinking maybe Jose Aldo, right, Like or or – I mean, that would be fun, yeah. Or, or Cody Garbrandt off a loss, maybe? Cody Garbrandt makes sense, too, if he's not yeah. dropping enough flyweight. Um, you know, anybody lower than that seems kind of crazy. Like, he shouldn't be fighting guys like Dominic Cruz or anything like that. Like, he's above that. Um, Yeah, so I, I'd say Jose Aldo or, or Cody Garbrandt for him. But cool. Um, a- anybody's fun with a Corey Sandhagen fight.
1: Yeah, he, he. I think he came out looking the best last night, despite... Despite losing, uh, his face definitely came out looking best uh, last night. We spent a lot of time in the main event because that basically was the, when it comes to top of the weight class type stuff, that was ended up being the only real meaningful fight we had on the car last night because we lost the co-main event uh, when Macy Son had a back out of her fight. Um, she had stress fracture in her foot and, um, so she had to uh, back out of her fight with Aspen Lab, which was one of the fights we were most looking forward to. Unfortunately, but um, so uh, the card that was looking super strong ended up being a little less stacked than than we were hoping. So, um, so that's why we uh, we can give a lot of uh, shine to uh, T.J. Dillashaw, who we uh, dislike along with everyone else. So, all right, as for the actual results. We were, we were mediocre, just as, as we tend to promise you people. We bring you mediocre results and we were right. We did dance. Both of us danced around mediocre with the odd number of fights. There's no way we could have been 50 50. So we, we did, um, we did perfect. I was six and five. And you were five and six. You can't get more mediocre than that. I was right on the money. Um, I was up 22 bucks. Dan was down 169. So on, on the year, Dan. All your talk about how much who's down the the least amount of money. You're only down 10 bucks less than me now, so you're gonna have to find a new excuse after next week, I think, because I am gonna take the lead in that category too.
0: I I don't think so, because we've got a big 15 fight card coming up, and I will tell you this: the the days I feel the best are when we have really big cards. So it's I, a really I,
1: bad card too. I, don't, I was just I looking don't, at it like that.
0: Oh, I don't think so. I, well, I'm for gonna, nerds, it's not. I'm going to debate the you nerd. on that one because the, the, the prospects on this one, do you mean to tell me that you what don't mean? like Melsic Bogdassarian?
1: <laughs> There's some amazing <laughs> names on here too. Oh, yeah. But I
0: can't, no, I is, can't wait. I can't wait for you to try to talk yes, your way through this. Because I'm not that. even, <laughs> even
1: going uh, to try to plan in advance as for usual. um but, yeah, no one's going to watch. No one is going to watch this card next week or the week coming up. But we'll, we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. So, um, yeah, so 6 to 5, 5 and 6. So I am, I'm I'm, I'm going to say I'm on a heater now. That's 15 and 6 over two weeks, and that's what, 22 and 11? So that's like 67%. I think that constitutes a heater, don't you?
0: It's a warmer, maybe. We can call it oh, a warmer. Well, fine. Better than you, <laughs>
1: sucka. You're 13 and 8 over uh, 2 and 18 and... Fifteen over three. So
0: not right. to you uh, on the
1: year, I'm not, 56% for me, 52% for Dan. We both uh, lost our locks, which was super annoying. Uh, I got robbed on mine, and Dan's. We'll get to Dan's fight, but yeah, um, but Dan didn't get robbed in his. Uh, person that was fighting that person all of a sudden was out of the box, is what happened there. So I'm still up. Uh, I'm 11 and 6 on my stands, 8 and 10. And I'm up money, Dan's down a whole lot of money. So that's pretty usual. Listen to me, not Dan. Um, but you all know that already. Um, all right, I want to move on. The um, Bumped up to the co-main event was and Paiva uh, versus Kyler Phillips, the ultimate bro, Kyler Phillips. Um, good fight. Actually, it won fight a night, did it not? Yes, it did. So, yeah, it was a good fight. Um Piva's uh, strength and definitely transferred up to up from flyweight to bantamweight. He he had no trouble in there, um, especially with the grappling and whatnot. He he looked very good. Um, Phillips didn't look bad himself, but we got um, that's actually quite a big underdog too. Uh, I think Phillips was in the minus 200, so uh, Piva minus 280 he was so. I have got some people some good money if they bet on him. Um, what do you think of that fight? Uh, good fight, obviously, because it was a fight in the night on a on a crazy fight night.
0: Yeah, I would say it was a really good fight. This is the one I was probably the most medium upset with. Um, so the the and Dillashaw one, I get it. Like if you just scored the fourth of the fifth for Dillashaw, they were close enough, and two two judges, you know, each gave him one of those two, and that was enough. Um, yeah. This one. I have a uh, so so again medium upset about this one probably because I don't like love Kyler Phillips like I love Corey Sandhagen I don't hate Howie on Pyler. You sound a
1: little more you you sound sorry to interrupt you sound a little more than medium. It sounds like you're about to explode a second ago. I think you're I think you're angry and Kyler Phillips is a friend of the Top Turtle podcast.
0: So how dare you? Yeah, I I mean I do like how his style, but like there's there's <laughs> really I'll be I'll be real honest. There's no way you can't give him a 10-8 first round. If there were yeah. three more seconds in that first round, that ref would have stopped that fight. Right? Like, Sal D'Amato
1: I, agrees with you, but that's it. Only Sal D'Amato agreed with you. The and, other two and, judges did not.
0: And we're going to talk about how Sal D'Amato is a moron a little bit later in the show oh, because yeah. he, he scored the fight for TJ Dillashaw and another uh, fighter who shall not be named. Um, Sal is an idiot. Uh, but, like, wow. that, that's. I told crazy. you you were angry. That's clearly a 10-8 for Tyler Villa. Right, like in 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 a way that like I don't know how anybody gives a ten eight if that ain't it, right? Like, because not only did he have that like near stoppage at the end, he he threw one of the meanest elbows that dropped Piva earlier in that round, and I I just don't understand how how that doesn't wind up a draw. And on top of that, if it wasn't going to be a draw, I actually think the second round was really close too. I I could have seen giving the second round to Kyler Phillips. Yeah, most I,
1: people seem to sorry I keep interrupting today, but I have things to say, damn it. Uh most most people, uh people being media if you want to consider us media people, most of them can, uh are picking this fight a draw. One person picked it for Pia, Via, and uh, I would it for, for Philip, So we're basically draw fair, which is uh, I agree with you, it's is what it should have been. But I I think we still have it to do our
0: yeah, and that, that's silly to me. Also, when I was looking at the media scores and the, the person who had it for Phillips didn't even have it the right way for Phillips, right? Like, he still – if, if you scored that fight for Phillips, it ought to be 29-27,
1: Yeah, right? that's true. Because he, he yeah, got 10, a 10-8 maybe yet.
0: and maybe he edged out the second, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if you said he edged out the second, but, like, he got a 10-8 first. Um, and, yeah, so, like, I, I, I scored it a draw. I expected it to be a draw, yeah, that's just a, it's just another bad decision. And, and for a card to be topped by two decisions that I didn't agree with and three out of five on the, the, mm, yep. the main card with, with literally the only two that I didn't contest were TKOs. So, uh, yep. yeah, it, it, it's upsetting. I will say, I do think I, despite the fact that I think this was a draw, I'm, I'm definitely lower on Kyler Phillips than I was before though. Yeah, for sure. For uh, sure. He, he's fighting he, a
1: flyweight and he, he got manhandled for a lot of the fight.
0: Yeah, and I would also say this too, like he went for the finish in the first and just looked out of it in the second and third. Like he, yeah. he, not not that he was out of the fight in those two rounds, but like he didn't look like Kyler Phillips anymore. His wrestling also didn't hold up. Like in the preview show, I talked a lot about how I was like high on his wrestling, and I think it's better than it, it people give him credit for, it. especially the yeah. way he he dealt with Songy Dong. Um, but like, yeah, it didn't it didn't hold up very well against Paiva. So uh, either I, I underestimated Paiva, or uh, yeah, Phillips round two and three um, gave me some things to think about for sure.
1: Maybe one of one of the UFC off weeks we'll have to have a whole. Uh, bitching about judging uh um podcasts it's it's still really dumb how the sport is judged it's still like with boxing rules 10, 10 9 rounds and judging it per round is like Imagine uh, other sports judging it, like, per quarter or per period or or whatever. It's ridiculous. So you'd have the wrong team winning all the time. If you were, like, an NBA team, you know, squeaks by for for three quarters. Uh, They win. Say they win by one point the first three quarters, and then the uh, other team wins by what? five points in the last quarter in in the real world the uh team b would win but no in in mma team b would have lost three rounds to one so it's um it's it's a strange way to to judge a sport so anyhow um third fight we did not need judges it went right this basically went the way we were predicting it would go darren elkins tko derek minor we were thinking it could have been a Um, a submission win, but a gritty fight. Darren Elkins is impossible to finish, impossible to keep down, Um, just keeps going. He he got a very, very impressive um, win over an up-and-coming guy.
0: It was the second most Darren Elkins fight that Darren Elkins has ever been in, only behind the mirsad Betchtick fight, uh, where he took the most savage beating for 14 and a half minutes before knocking out Betstick. But this was right on par with that. Uh, while he was getting the snot beat out of him in the first round, I turned to my wife and I was like, "Elkins has got him right where he wants him." <laughs> yep, he's just wearing his fists out. <laughs> yeah, because and and I will say this too, was that not one of the most savage elbows that Minner landed on Elkins in that first round too? How did he not get knocked? in and, and granted, I shouldn't be surprised that Elkins didn't get knocked out, but like he bounced his head off the mat with that elbow. In, like, one of the most vicious ways. And Elkins just, like, quietly shifted his hips and pulled into guard. And I was like, what the hell is that, dude?
1: It's eventually, he's going to catch up to him. He's 37, and that's, what, 35 pro fights? So, eventually, it'll but catch up it, to him.
0: But how is it not caught up to him, though? Cause I know. Like, you know, like, and, and he's been knocked out three times in his career, which I, I don't even, like, the Ricardo Lamas one, I guess, is the only one that's super recent. And then all the other ones you got to go back, you know, seven or eight years before you can find one, right? Like, he got TKO'd by Chad Mendez in 2013. But, like, man, dude, like, it's just so crazy that, like, he's taking those punches. Like you said, it's going to catch up to him. How is it not caught up to him at 37? Like, it, it shouldn't it have already caught up to him? It's got to be the tattoo.
1: It's got to be the damage tattoo It's protecting him. He's kind of like the Iron Man with that uh, the chest thing Iron Man has where he gets his power from. It's a, he gets the power from the, the damage tattoo. And uh, a very coherent um, post-fight interview, <laughs> too. So it's not like he was rattled or anything, either. No. Like his brain was in in shape. And Miner's, like, he's not going to make it uh, much farther if he's submission or bust. Like it's, uh, those days are long
0: gone. Um, we yeah. can get by with that. Well, I, I thought too, here's what I'll say about him is that, so I I think he's a guy. If I'm not mistaken, he's one of those guys who changed to uh, glory MMA with um, James Krause. and since then, oh, man, a
1: favorite Jim, yes,
0: yeah, one, one of my favorite one of it <laughs> doesn't top four to MMA or right now sleeper pick for me Daniel Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Uh, oh, Daniel, right, yes. Daniel Gracie Jiu Jitsu is maybe number one right now. Um, but but like when he went out and beat Charles Rosa. It was a really measured approach, and I, I'm not saying I'm 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 not saying I'm buying stock in Derek Minner because I think you're right. It's a lot of it is like just submission or bust. But I will say that I I think that that measured approach against Charles Rosa is somewhat because Charles Rosa lets you fight a measured approach fight, and Darren Elkins lows you into thinking you're going to knock him out, or you're right. gonna or you're gonna guillotine him because he thought that a couple of times too, and like you just don't you don't finish Darren Elkins and like his measured approach kind of went out the door because he felt like he was having success. And I don't know that that happens against a lot of people. Like I I think that's that pretty rare thing for Derek Minner.
1: All right. Let's just get to it, Dan. Um, The future barber is doesn't have to cut hair yet. She's, she's still alive. She won a split decision over Miranda Maverick, which she didn't win. No one on God's green earth uh, thinks that she won that fight other than Macy Barber. Um, it's, I think I may have been the point where someone on Slack asked me who chooses the judges, does UFC or does the commission, because that seemed to be like a UFC uh, pick there, make, making Macy Barber win a fight she didn't win. But she claims she won, and she had her hand raised, so obviously she won. Um, yeah, this is a very um, – this fight's very uh, – got me very angry because – I used to like Macy Barber a bit, but, yeah, her antics are um, far too annoying. She's not progressed at all. Um, plus, Miranda Raverick was my lock pick of the week, so that, that hurts also. Um, what Barber is good at is she's tough, and she like she's tough, and, and that basically goes hand-in-hand hand that she uh, she can hang in there. She's got decent cardio. She, she's better as the fight goes on. Horrendous in the first round. But does she really have any skills in any other aspect? I do couldn't tell you, and I don't know how she won the fight. I couldn't tell you what she did that was better than Miranda Maverick. Um, I don't remember her she, doing. She anything. gives
0: up her she gives up her back better than Miranda Maverick. Yeah, it's
1: true. Yeah, yeah what, she lets okay.
0: people sink. She lets people sink in their their hooks better than Miranda Maverick.
1: What um, do you agree? Basically, toughness and. And durability basically are her two attributes, but I can't think of anything else really. And she's so, young, I guess.
0: So, so I would say this. I, I said this about her when she was at when she decided to make the move up to flyweight. So, right. her, her her first fight in the UFC and her, her fight on the Contender Series, for that matter, were both at at strawweight. Right. And and if you go back and watch that fight with Jamie Colleen and, and Hannah, I think she fought Hannah Cyphers first, if I'm not mistaken she just kind of, like, manhandles them, right? Like, she uses raw physical strength in those two fights to just kind of take it to those women. And Hannah Cyphers and Jamie Colleen, not fighters who are particularly physically strong. Uh, And then you follow that up with she moved up to flyweight and everybody was like, I don't know if her physical strength is going to work out. And they gave her J.J. Aldrich, which, you know, no offense to J.J. Aldrich, but again... Somebody who has fought a ton of times at Strawweight. Um, you know, went up to to Flyweight to fight Macy Barber, so that was her first fight up a division two. Not a particularly strong and imposing one. And then she fought Jillian Robertson, who is while they like Jillian Robertson's sub game and even her wrestling to some extent, she kind of just like concedes takedowns all the time. Right? Like she's cool being on the yep. mat. So like that physicality came yep. out in Barber where she looked good again, right? Like, so the physicality played up in her two first two fights at Flyweight, and then she got badly out-wrestled by Roxanne Matafari. Say what you want about the leg stuff, but, like, she was never going to deal with the strength of Roxy. And Roxy is not a super physically gifted. She's maybe the person who has done the most in any UFC career with the least physical gifts, right? Definitely, like, Roxanne, yeah. Ro- yes. Roxanne Matafari, by by far. And, and not even just UFC, MMA careers. And she still had more physical than than Macy, and I was like, oh, so this is what I've been expecting. Macy can't handle the physical nature of flyweight, and Alexa Grasso then took it to her, who's also a weight. Like, they kept giving her, like – and I think it played up with this Maverick fight, too. She likes to try to be a bully, and she's leaned on it so much in her career that it's, like, ingrained into her fight style. And it's not going to work at this weight class. Not unless she's no. much – she gets tons more muscle mass.
1: Yeah. I, I should say I was surprised at how well she was doing clinching and grappling with someone as strong as Maverick. I, I was surprised by that. I thought she would be have no hope whatsoever in that, in that realm. And, and she probably won the fight based on people thinking that, that she did better than Maverick in that aspect.
0: But that's cra- it's crazy because any time yeah, anytime there's any offense for Maverick, it would the offense was like she actually takes her down, she took yeah. her back, she mounted her, and then like the offense for Macy Barber was like I I had seventy two seconds of clinch control with you, you're back against the cage, and you had seventy one seconds. Like
1: the fact she actually got that though, I was surprised. You're, you're, you're right. You're, you're,
0: you're right. She did do a good job of that, but it, I think that a lot has to do with. The fact that she was the one engaging it, like she was the one starting it. Like yeah, Maverick okay. was fine to strike, yeah. and then like Barbara was the one who like pushed forward enough that like they had to clinch, and that meant she engaged where her arms were in the clinch. She wound up with position. So I, I guess you're right. That is a technical aspect of her game. Maybe that that's worthy of of noting. But like you're right. She she. I mean like unless you're you're pumped about her ability to throw a jab in a right hand from 12 feet away from somebody. Oh God. She lunges too.
1: Yeah. There really isn't
0: a, there really isn't a lot to be excited about Macy Barber because like she, she's not, uh, she, she's not very strong in any particular part of her game.
1: Very sloppy. The striking is very like home run, trying to, trying to throw home run punches from 20 feet away. So, why Coach Dillashaw told her to actually try to hit her because it didn't look like she was trying to hit her. She's um, So she was basically booked. She basically booked as if she's on a winning streak by getting this Miranda Maverick fight. So so where do they book her now? She uh, they're, if they keep booking her up, she's gonna get crushed. You'd think because um, it, it's only gonna get harder from here. But where do they book her from here now?
0: Man, I, I think. And it's it's tough because I, I don't think she wins this fight at all. I think a lot of the women right in front of her body are in a bad way. Yeah. Um, you know, like she's already got, if you're looking at the UFC's rankings, um, you know, she's already got losses to number 90 and 10. So not higher than 9 and 10, right? Um, you you wouldn't jump her ahead of the, the people there. So, you know, if she couldn't beat 9 and she couldn't beat 10, why, why give her 8? Uh, and then the only two people in front of Miranda Maverick uh, and ahead of her, if you you want to keep her going up, are Talia Santos and Andrea Lee, who uh, maybe two of the stronger women in that division, not named fucking Miranda Maverick. Um, do it, do it. Like, yeah, like let, let's give her, her Talia. Yeah, Talia her tell you Santos. Talia yeah, I Santos, have Santos is a beast. Uh, 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 is
1: she a savage? I think she'd be a savage. <laughs> I have uh, in my performance rank is they're basically in a dead heat, uh, Talia Santos and Macy Barber, so that makes sense. Give her her. And she, and does have, she, does. she
0: does have like 10 KOs in her career. Now, granted, they were all in like weird regional scenes in Brazil yeah. where she was probably fighting somebody who was like one and one. Um, But she's got back-to-back wins over Molly McCann and, and Jillian Robertson. So, yep. like, she's worthy of being man. there. Like, it, And I think if, if you're bodying up Molly McCann and bodying up Julian Robertson, yeah, like, bring on, bring on Macy Barber. I'd love to see her her pound Macy Barber's face into the mat. Yeah. And
1: I hope they book Miranda Maverick. Like, Well, I don't care, actually. It, uh, it's actually probably good if they book her as if she lost, because there's no reason to... She's as young as, as, as Barber, so there's no reason to push her to the moon. I, I want to see uh, her fed up to Valentina Shevchenko before she's actually ready for
0: do you know who she would be kind of fun to watch against um, is Montana De La Rosa.
1: Um, yeah. Who's got like
0: a little little bit of a wrestling background. And then it would be a step back from Barber, but like barely. Right? Like Montana yep. De La Rosa is right there with her. Um, and, and like uh, for me, that would be a good – and again, like I, I don't know if you know this. Like Macy Bar or uh, Miranda Maverick has been really vocal about like stop booking young women in the flyweight right. division against other young women. Um, and that's a hundred percent what a fight with Miranda Maverick or with uh Montana De La Rosa would be. Yep. But it, it would be fun stylistically, I guess. Um, I, I'd also be all about just booking Miranda Maverick, like she fucking won that fight. Like, put her in there with Jessica I and let her her Maul Jessica I. Um, <laughs> yes, that would be fun. But but like yeah, like if you want to give her a step back, just because, give her a step back, just because. I'll also say. Of everybody who's ever been robbed, and she's right up there with some of the biggest robberies of all time. Yeah, uh, she uh, she handles herself in one of the most mature ways of any fighter I've ever seen.
1: Yes, well, isn't she going for a PhD? So,
0: yeah, PhD um, or something, she, yeah. something yeah. fancy too. From yeah, like to industrial. I know it's,
1: from, it's industrial psychology or something like that. I think
0: yes, something like that. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, she's she's yeah yeah she, she's super smart.
1: <laughs> yep um dumb enough uh, dumb enough to go into Dan's podcast Because she laughed so, um, <laughs> all right, so we got that one wrong yeah we haven't broken down um we got all the we've got all these fights wrong thus far except for the plus one thirty Darren elkins um and then the opener of the main car we got wrong also we almost had it right I was getting very happy, but then the Greek freak Adrian Yanez anti tocumbo um knocked out randy cost after it this is a crazy fight um so Dr. Pepper beat uh, Peanut Butter Cups. But um, I don't know. Is there much more to say than this was a crazy fight and fun?
0: No, it was a lot. I will add one thing to your analysis other than it was a crazy fight and fun. Adrian Yanez was on the Top Turtle podcast that week. Oh, yes, <laughs> it's true.
1: But Randy costa has been on it also, right? So
0: In, in the past.
1: In the, in the past. So. All right, so that, that's the main card. I went – 1 in 4 Dan went 1 in 4 um yeah it does not doesn't seem to be our strong suit does it like this is this is become all well, last week it was uh, last week everything was a strong suit but more often than not we get off the hot starts on the prelims and then we tank in the main card so i would like i have suggested this before um we should just do a podcast where we just pick prelim fights but and then also, then I caught myself. So that's that's a dumb idea. Who who would ever listen? To <laughs> who would listen to a podcast where all you do is break down prelim fights? Seriously, all the, uh, unless you have like someone amazing a co-hosting it, like once in a blue moon.
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't know why. Is there any money in that? that?
1: Is there any money do you think in picking just prelim fights I, uh, on there, a podcast? A, Probably not.
0: A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little
1: bit um, maybe we should do that then. Anyhow, um, yeah, we we sucked on the uh, main card, but the night started off so well, which is the part we're gonna we're gonna end this uh, end this episode strong. Is the uh, night started off strong for us on the on the prelims? Uh, first, let me tell you about a couple of our last sponsors. Underdog. Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com. dot com. Use promo code SGPN for free twenty five dollars to enter for a free shot at a million dollars. They're running a million-dollar contest on there right now. And who couldn't use an extra milli? Even people who host prelim podcasts could, could could use an extra million dollars here or there. So make sure you download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And while you're downloading apps, download the SGPN app. Yes, we have our own app, and it's live in the App Store and Google Play. It gives you access to all our picks, all our podcasts. You can get notifications when we drop our podcast or when any of our, the other SGPN podcasts drop. So make sure you grab that app. And when you're there, if you could give us a review, that would be amazing. Um, tell them how much you enjoy the MMA Gambling Podcast, especially and how the hosts deserve a massive race. Um, all right, prelims. Um, the happy part of the night for us, uh, as per usual. Brendan Allen beat Puna Soriano oh, wait a minute, this isn't happy for Dan. Dan got this one wrong. Jeff got this one right. This was the only only fight we differed on last night. Um, Allen won three rounds, three rounds, and two rounds on the judges' scorecards. This was not a robbery. This was a good fight, and Brendan Allen looked uh, fantastic. Soriano is very tough. He got the snot beat out of him basically the, the whole fight and kept
0: on coming. Yeah, and, and he looked good in like little pieces and moments. Yeah. Uh, the, the I will just say the shocking thing to me here was, uh, I thought Pune gets this done on the feet, and if it hit the ground, Allen was gonna win. And right. Allen looked great on his with his hands. Um, he did. I don't know. I don't know how much of that. Didn't they say? Correct me if I'm wrong in the broadcast. Did they say he moved to Sanford MMA and like had left? training in wherever he was living in louisiana or you know like, so he he was training somewhere else that um, is i'm checking his
1: wikipedia yep that, that's where he is he now he to, is at sanford yeah he moved
0: yeah. to sanford so like may, maybe working with um with the guys at sanford just i mean maybe it just makes sense that he's this yep. much better
1: yeah henry Hooft knows how to strike so yeah, yeah he was, knows a thing or two yeah exactly um let me see. We got the next one right also. This is a plus one, plus 120. name, Imovov, who, who is Dagestani, but he um, trains in France and speaks French. Um, he knocked out Ian, or TKO'd Ian Heinisch. Um, basically destroyed him, which was fun to see because we had a plus 120 on that one.
0: Yeah, I uh, and I've been a pretty big fan. I think I said it last week, too. I've been a pretty big fan of Imovov. And he did it in exactly the way I thought he would. Like, Heinish turned that pressure way up, and it just did not matter, because this nope. dude is a great counter-striker. I mean, with the exception of losing a majority decision to Phil Hawes, which in retrospect, I mean, like, man, that does not look bad, because Phil Hawes has looked like a killer since then. Um like he's looked really good in the UFC so far.
1: Yep, we need more French Dagestani's, I guess, right? That that, that must be the new the new breed of fighter, French Dagestani's. French,
0: French Dagestani's. Yeah. You, you get all of uh, all of Habib's wrestling and defensive wrestling, yep. and and Francis's striking.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, speaking of striking, Mickey Gall can can strike now. Um, he pieced up Jordan Williams and then won via submission. Him winning via submission wasn't. A shock because that, that's where he he uh, thrives. Basically, that's the only only thing he thrives at uh, until his fight. Um, but he he won it basically on based on his striking. He uh, the submission just came after he battered Jordan Williams, which was Dan's lock pick, which made me smile that <laughs> Dan lost his lock. But uh, I I was going to come bite me in the ass soon with the Miranda Maverick fight. But yeah, if Mickey Gall can strike, then there might be hope for him still.
0: Yeah, I was. I mean. First of all, it's just a transformation that you can't expect, right? Like, that, that's no. not anything that you can handicap that he comes in and, like... First of all, not just can strike, but is... intends to. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I think I think this level of striking has always existed within him, but he was always so one-track-minded, like, I'm gonna grapple you up, and, like, the striking was just there to defend himself against other people's striking. Him, Him with intention is scary. Um, in a bunch of different ways, and I, I will say this: It's funny. D- did you notice who was in his corner? Did you happen to see his walkout? I did, but
1: I'm I'm trying to think who he had in his corner. I can't remember. Was it Matt? It was. No, it wasn't yes. Matt. Was it Matt Brown?
0: It was Matt Brown. Okay, yes, and that's like, what I thought. Yes, yes. That was a Matt fucking Brown looking at yeah. performance. Was it not? Like yep. it looked, it looked like Matt Brown straight up rubbed off on this kid. Like, he had that, like, I'm gonna push forward and punch you in the mouth, Matt Brown style, with his jiu-jitsu still being good. Because, like, his jiu-jitsu is always going to be his best attribute. Like, there's no doubt about that. So, like, for him to do that to Jordan Williams with his striking in, in that aggression and that forward movement like hey man if he's training with Matt Brown like keep that up because that is that was a fun Mickey Gall to watch it was
1: it was there might be hope for hope for the kid yet yeah. um and then we got nothing but winners so um happy days uh, Julio Arce TKO Andre 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 Ewell, um we got that one right minus 200 uh Ubanks Eubanks destroyed Elise Reed in um in a round via TKO and then from my hometown, Diana Belbita, what's her first name again? You changed it. Deanna? Dan,
0: Dan, no, it is Yes, right, uh, Daniela I changed Daniella. it to De- Daniela. Danielle
1: yeah. Belbita uh, <laughs> beat Hannah Goldie via uh, uh, decision three rounds to not on all the judges scorecards. Anything to say about any of those fights? Let's um, again.
0: No, I, I mean, I feel bad for Elise Reed, who fought Ubank. Eubank. She, she's fought at Adamweight bef- Adam before, yeah. uh, which obviously the UFC doesn't have. But she's, she was up two weight classes against somebody trying to come down a weight class after having a lot of trouble making flyweight in the past. So, like, she was badly outsized. And, like, yep. I, I just think, like, it's, it's kind of a shame that the UFC, when they need short notice opponents, find people out of the weight class because that makes it easier for them to make weight. Yeah. And, and it kind of takes some of the shine off of fighters like this. Cause, cause Elise Reed is, is really good. You know, we were talking about some of the wins she had before. I, I've, I've seen her fight a bunch of times on CFFC. It's just a shame that like her debut now is always going to be that she had her eye socket broken in like three minutes because she was fighting in a terrible weight class for her against a huge monster. Who's, I, I mean, like, So Jari Eubanks has wins over Roxanne Matafari, has wins over like other top 10 women in the flyweight division. And this woman is coming up from Adamweight to fighter. I get why they do it. I just hate that this is going to be like the first step into the UFC for so many fighters at this current pace.
1: Yeah. It's true, because um, that was a squash match. She had uh, no hope physically in that fight. It wasn't wasn't necessarily skill. Uh, physically, she was, was totally outmatched in that fight, so um, almost like she was getting bullied in there. Um, so that was uh, um, that fight card. Um, a lot of finishes again. We had, what, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 out of 11? So what's going on with that? All of a sudden, we're also getting a bunch of finishes. Um, Used to be non decisions. Now we're getting finishes. Is are the is the booking getting weak or what's what's going on, Dan? Break it down.
0: Nah, I, I don't I don't know necessarily other than chance, and I would assume yeah. regression back to the mean because the the booking of this past weekend was really good. I mean, like yeah, I think somebody said there were only three favorites who won on the whole card. So which is part of why our numbers were down is because we don't predict you know nine underdogs to win any given week. But like. The, the underdogs had a great week, um, so like it, it's not even that it was bad booking because the the people who were supposed to win didn't. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not quite sure.
1: Yeah, was there that many underdogs really? I, I know we hit on a few, but um, yeah. No. So like, oh yeah. if yeah. I'm just
0: if I'm looking at this right now, and I'll just read them off to you is that so? Dillashaw was a, a yep. fight night underdog. Rowan Pavia was an underdog. Darren Elkins was an underdog. Macy Barber was an underdog. Yanez was not, so that's four out of five on the main card. It's wild. And then, um, I don't, I think Brendan Allen and Puna was, was a pickum, maybe. Um, yeah, it was Imovov, close, yeah, it was very close. It was very close. Emovov was an underdog, and Mickey yep. Gall was an underdog. Yes, yeah, so that's. Um, so six the out of first yeah. yeah, and the the Belbita Goldie fight yep. was also probably a pickum, yeah, yeah, damn near close to it. Yeah. So that that leaves you with pretty much just Yanez Arse and Eubanks as like clear favorites that won. So. Uh, yeah, kind of surprising that, that there was so few of them. No
1: kidding. All right, so is that puts that one in the bed. Um, as we uh, were talking about earlier on, we got another card, obviously, coming up this week, UFC and ESPN again, Hall versus Strickland. So that will be UFC Vegas 33, I guess, we're up to now. It's from the UFC Apex with the It's coming Saturday on ESPN. The, yeah, this is going to be a struggle. This is on mm-hmm. main both the main card and the prelims are on ESPN, and this is well. I'll tell you what the co-main event is: um, Shamil Shamil Ab versus Chris Daukas. That's your co-main event. You may be struggling a little bit.
0: Two uh, two top ten heavyweights. No, no fine. Usually it's we true. have un, usually we have unranked heavyweights yeah, in the okay. co-main event, dude. Right? Like usually it's Greg Hardy and Tai Tuivasa. Oh, that wasn't a co-main event, but it was close. Yeah, like, at least it's usually it's, we have. It's yeah, main really fighters, at least stuff. Yeah, yeah. No one knows these
1: people. That's the thing. eye, um, Hall, Sean Strickland, is main event, which should be should be fun. Is there a fight or two that jump off his card that you are most excited about?
0: Yeah, I think um, if I'm picking the first one, Ronnie Lawrence versus Trevin Jones should be really freaking fun. Um, both of those guys are crazy underrated in the band weight division. I, I think people sleep on – just how good Trevin Jones has been since he got to the UFC. Um, of course, he had one of his wins vacated due to, I think, taking a fight on two days' notice and having weed in his system, which now wouldn't even make him lose that fight. Um, but he beat Timor Valiev; He knocked him out. And he knocked out Mario Batista, um, who's, I mean, like, Mario Batista was on a crazy good run of his own. He, he just knocked out Miles John. So, um, yeah, I've got Trevin Jones, and, and he's fighting, like I said, Ronnie Lawrence, who did um, – not that that Dana White boy should be uh, your bond, but he compared him to like a young GSP uh, when he was on Contender Series. He looked really good on Contender Series against Jose Johnson. Of course, one is first UFC fight. That one is pretty damn fun. Um, I'm also kind of excited for. Um, I'm kind of excited for Kyung Ho Kang versus Hanayaya, mostly because I love Hanayaya in, like. Kyungo Kang can wrestle a little bit, and I don't know that that's a good thing when you're fighting Hanayaya, because, like, sometimes it'd, it'd just be better to never wrestle ever. Um, and I have no idea how that's going to go. Um, so, yeah, that's fun as hell. Um, yeah, there's a couple other ones. Rafa Garcia coming back's is fun. Uh, Brian that's chunky, Bambam guys. Bar- Plenty of chunky we guys. Got chunk, we got some chunky guys. Brian Bambam Bam Barbarina is coming back from having two liters of blood in his stomach, so that's cool. Um that's Who doesn't love cool. a Sam Elvey fight? Who that's doesn't love a Sam Elvey fight? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's true, but it's it's weak on on Star Power. You uh, you have to have to give me that
0: at least, right? There's a there's a former champ in there.
1: Uh is there? Let me see who we have. It's so a former UFC champ. Oh, Nico Montana. Oh, Dan. <laughs> hey, yeah, Ashley Yoder, the spider monkey, one of her favorites, is in it too. Against yeah, the, although uh, – Against the kangaroo, I'm, Jin Yu Fry.
0: I'm I'm going to tip my hand in there. She ain't going to be Jin Yu Fry. Yeah,
1: I, I like both of them, so that's fine, but yeah.
0: Jin, Jin Yu Fry looked really good last time out. So, yep. I, yeah, I'm, I'm in on Jin Yu Fry. So,
1: which means Ashley Yoder is going to be on the top trainer of the podcast this week, right?
0: No, this week uh, I'll <laughs> let you know who's going to be on this week. This week I'm talking with Brian Barbarena. Don't pick uh, him about about the aforementioned. Uh, I think he said he had four liters of blood in his stomach cavity due to two. Uh, I think it's two busted arteries. So in that's his not normal. Uh, it's not normal. I, I don't know it, what
1: I have in my stomach. So okay. He,
0: no, no, it was like. It was like open, like it was just pouring into his (laughs) his stomach cavity. Yeah, it was like not supposed to be there. No, it doesn't Um, sound like it should, yeah. And then he said he was – it's a wild story. You definitely have to listen into the whole thing because he tells the whole thing. But uh, he talks about driving home to Kentucky from his gym – or Tennessee. Tennessee from his gym, and he just went blind uh, because that's apparently how your body reacts to that happening uh, and he just went blind and had to try to pull over with no vision. Uh, really crazy shit. So, uh, yeah, Brian Barbarina. And then also I talked to uh, Colin Anglin, who is uh, making his featherweight debut after some long time off on the Contender Series. And he's fighting a name that I just want Jeff Fox oh, yeah. to say. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Melstick
1: Bagdasarian. Plus, Bagdasarian. Oh, I'm the yeah, expert. You're yeah. pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is. Oh, uh, but yeah, Dr. Colin England. Names.
0: <laughs> yeah, Bogdan good. Grootsmacher is really Rootsmacher. great. Rootsmacher. I mean, Abdurra Kahimov Ke- is good. his Adeshev. Yep. Like, those names are all. How about great. Koske?
1: Orion Koske? I think it's Orion- Koske. See, there you Kos-K? go. Kos-K? That, that and it's Ryan, Orion
0: Orion, like the stars.
1: Munir yeah. Laziz. Nicholas Stolzzi. Ruben Kopelev.
0: I yeah. talked to Nicholas Stoltz, so make sure you pick more Neil Yes,
1: exactly. Alright. <laughs> he's,
0: he's called Green Mask. Nicholas the Green Mask Stoltz.
1: Wow. There you go. Of course he is. <laughs> Cheyenne buys. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's for the nerds. This, uh, this, yeah, it's on main. This is not a main ESPN fight card. That's, that's for darn sure. Um, it doesn't mean it's not going to be fun. It doesn't mean there isn't a chance to win a whole bunch of money because a lot of times you can do better on the – like we did amazing on the uh, on the fight card two weeks ago, which was not as good as last week's fight card. So the quality of the card does not um, have anything to do with how much money you can make. So, all right, let's put this to bed. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like I said, to our MMA Gambling Podcast feed. Um, Read our stuff at mma-manifesto.com and at sportsgumlingpodcast.com. You can listen to Dan's podcast when they drop later this week, Top Turtle Podcast and the Prelim Primer. And then we'll be back on Wednesday night picking this fight car that we basically just broke down for you right here. But we'll actually pick winners for every fight. And Dan um, basically guarantees he's not going to let me overtake him in the in the money lead this year. So um so we'll have to see how that goes. You want to take us home, down, or is there anything else I should tell the peeps?
0: No, I mean, like, knowing that my I guarantee that at the end of the year that I will be ahead of you in the money, and that, that was all really they needed to know.
1: Yep. Okay, go ahead. Take us home. It's your turn.
0: All right. I, I'm Dan McBee Freeland. He is Juicy Jeff Fox, and we'll catch you next week.
1: No, we won't. We'll catch you on Wednesday. God, Dan. Oh, we'll,
0: we'll catch you Wednesday. We'll catch you Wednesday. Bye.